return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. (laughs) Bless you. Mm. You're blessed just because you're hungry and thirsty for the word. Your hunger is going to... Meet Jesus, who satisfies every need. Father, we thank you, we praise you, that you're the giver of every good and perfect gift. You're the Father of light from which every one of those gifts comes from. Hallelujah. As we meditate tonight, Lord, on that gift of righteousness, I pray, Lord, that you'd fill in all the gaps of our understanding, at least a few of them, and thrill our hearts, Jesus, once again, to the amazing, to the glorious, to the powerful realities of the kingdom of God, That is already within us. Hallelujah. Already at work in us. All for the glory of your holy and wonderful name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So the title is The Giant Privileges of Righteousness Part 2. Or I could call it, we could call it The Force of Righteousness. Hallelujah. So maybe you've noticed it's a brand new year. Are you having trouble signing 2023 on your checks, on your dates? (laughs) It's a brand new year, new possibilities, new opportunities. Well, unless you're the cynical type, like, nothing new for me, just old hat, been there, done that. No, we don't want to live like that, friends. We want to see the possibilities, grab them with your eyes of faith. Hallelujah. And it wouldn't hurt to kick in your imagination a little bit, right? As you read, as you hear what the Spirit is up to, Grab a hold of some of those possibilities as yours. We'll never experience what we can't see with our eyes of faith. Isn't it Catherine Kuhlman that said, the miracle begins the moment your God is bigger than your problem, bigger than your sickness, bigger than that big mountain that's right in front of you. Now, if anyone is into the new, it's God. Revelations 21.5, he says, Behold, I make all Things new. And that includes you. He has new mercies for you, a new wine for you, and a new heart, and a new covenant, and a new song. Not to mention all the other new things the Bible talks about. The new creation. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the ESV we're going to look at tonight. Therefore, if anyone is In Christ, friends, that's our new identity. I want you to focus on that. Think about that. That's just got to be how we see ourselves from now on is in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The old has passed away. The old has passed away. The new has come. It's here. BBE puts it like this. He is in a new world. The old things have come to an end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The old has gone and the new is here. The 
Passion puts it like this. We are an entirely new creation. An entirely new person. All that's related to the old order. I mean all of it. All of it has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Now, if we could just get this revelation, friends. 2023 would be the best year of your entire life. Honestly. What we are most conscious of, friends, will be our reality. And what our reality is, is what we attach our faith to. It's real easy, friends, even once we're in Christ, to go back to that place that we've been delivered from. Back to that place because, listen, the enemy is working full-time. All these voices from left and right trying to pull you back and attach you to the world and to the curse and makes you think that you're this person when you're not. You are now in Christ. And now life rules and now light rules. And now sin no longer has dominion over you. Big announcement. That's what the Word of God says. We need to understand it. We have now been attached to a new kingdom with all those new realities. I'm telling you, because of the righteousness of God, we have been transferred out of sin and into righteousness. Out of darkness and into light. Out of death, even out of death, into life. Out of despair and into hope. Hallelujah. Are we even conscious? Like, has it crossed your mind once in the last two weeks that you're the righteousness of God? It really needs to be predominant, that foundation of our heart, who we really are. Are we aware of these new realities that are ours in Christ? When you wake up in the morning, do you say, well, I wonder how I feel today. I don't feel saved. No, it has nothing to do with how you feel. It's all about what is truth. What is truth and what do you believe? The realities of peace. Real, peace is a force, friends. It's a spiritual force that is now in effect over your life. If you want to step out from under it and decide, oh, I guess not, I'm anxious. I'm panicky, I'm nervous, I'm intimidated. Well, you can live like that. God's not going to say anything. It's your choice. Joy is a spiritual reality. It's a kingdom reality that dominates now, rules, gives you all this new load-bearing ability. But again, you can say, oh, not me. I'm a little grumpy today. No, we can live under joy. It's a kingdom reality. Hallelujah. How about divine protection? Is it yours? Well, it's mine. You can take it because it's one of the kingdom realities. So is divine health. So is divine prosperity. Do we know that our prayers have the attention of our Father? Do you know that he smiles when he looks at you and thinks about you? That he sings over you? These are some of the things we must know. Do we know that every weapon formed against us is null and void? Glory to God. Glory to God. Our focus is a big deal, friends. What we think and dwell on is a big deal. I've heard people say all my life, well, you know it's only about the heart. Yeah, but what leads your heart? It's your mind. It's your mind. 
And so what we think on is crucial. There's a reason the Holy Spirit is constantly saying, think about what is good. Now, does that mean like maybe at least once or twice a day I should think about something good? (laughs) Well, I hope it's more than that. Here's the passion um, for Romans, excuse me, Philippians 4, 8. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is. And then it gives us all these ideas, respectful, pure, holy, beautiful, admirable. Continually. Colossians chapter 3, Paul talks at length about this new resurrection life we've entered. If we're in Christ, we are living now this resurrection life. And he talks to us here about how we're supposed to think if we want to experience this resurrection life. So here's verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. One version says set your affections on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now that quote I gave you a minute ago, what we're most conscious of, aware of, becomes our reality. And what our reality is, is where we're going to attach our faith to. So switch out the word for a minute, conscious, and put in affections. In other words, what I am, where my affections lie, where my heart is feeling love towards, is that a good word for affection? That's going to become my reality. And that's where I'm going to attach my faith to. Hallelujah. What, where our affections lie, where our thoughts are focused, that's going to be our greatest reality. So Paul urges us, the Holy Spirit urges us, set your heart, set your affections, set your mind on the realities of heaven. That's actually how one of the translations puts it. How do we do this? With our spiritual eyes, you are not going to be able to perceive with your physical eyes any of the realities of the kingdom. Well, there's a few out there that God's given this gift where they can see the angels and they can see the joy and they can see the deep emotional wounds people carry. Anybody in here have that gift? Most of us don't. But we have to train our spiritual eyes now how to see these kingdom realities. You're never going to be able to touch the kingdom. You're never going to be able to touch the joy, the peace. I mean, sometimes it's tangible, isn't it? That you can almost feel it. But most of the time, the kingdom, which is within us, and this new rule in our life, it's um, it's eternal. It's not something we can see or touch. So, then the Bible goes on and says, it's really going to be about your mind. We need to set our mind on things above, not on earthly things. Why? Why is it such a big deal? Because you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So, news, you have died. If you are in Christ, Truly in Christ, your old man. I mean, that's what that whole stuff we talked about in Romans is all about. You, you can actually see yourself, and maybe it'd be a good idea, even right now, see yourself on that cross with Jesus. See yourself 
Maybe you could picture um, those things that you're still struggling with, maybe even. See him on the cross with Christ. See yourself dying. See yourself laid in the grave. Because that's what the Bible says. We died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. And then can you see yourself resurrected from the dead? Standing up? Rising to newness of life? No longer under the control of sin. No longer under the dominion. No longer is that addiction have any hold on you. No longer is that chain binding you. None. No more. No more. We've been actually, the Bible talks about being severed from all that stuff. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. I actually have a new meaning now. I have been crucified. The old Deb Kalsbeck is dead. A giant transfer has occurred whenever we said yes to Christ. Our yes to Christ is a yes. You're actually saying yes, Lord, to the crucifixion of my flesh. I'm saying yes, Lord, to my death and to my burial. And I'm saying yes to attachment now to Christ and union with Christ. And that means we get to partake then of his resurrection, friends. Walking now in newness of life. Did I give you Romans 6, 4? Like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, so also we should walk in newness of life. The Passion puts it like this. We have been co-resurrected. That's a good word. Co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. You should just stop and ask yourself right now, am I living in the freshness of new life? Because if our attitude is same old, same old, same old, same old, my life will be the same tomorrow that it was yesterday. No, nothing should be the same, friends. We should be walking in a freshness and a newness and a joy. We should, our eyes should be wide open to all the possibilities. Mm, there's so many possibilities for you, friend. This next year, this next week. Glory to God. So let's look again at Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look at the New Living Testament. Since you have been raised to new life. I mean, do you notice the Holy Ghost words? Since you've been raised... God just assumes we know it. It's a new life. It's a new day. There's new mercies. There's new love. New grace. New power. Now, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Did anybody go see Avatar? Am I saying it right? Okay, did you wear those special glasses? All right. Tell me about those glasses because... The Holy Ghost has been talking to me about us wearing 3D glasses. So what do they do for you? Okay, it feels closer. I mean, my understanding is that you have this whole other dimension. Am I right? Right inside, in the middle of it. Do you, are things clearer then? You can kind of see better. A depth perception. All right, well, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, put on your 3D glasses of the Spirit 
and see and experience. Set your sights on. Put on those glasses now. Can you see the realities of the kingdom? Can you see the peace that is yours? Now step into it and live it out. Can you set your sights on the reality of joy being yours? Health being yours. Strength being yours. Victory being yours. Harmony in your family being yours. And then it says where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. We're going to switch over to the Passion Translation where it says yes. Yes, yes, yes. Do we have it? There it is. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm. Well, we like feasts, don't we? Did y'all get enough food over Christmas, over the holidays? All these people keep telling me they had to go on a diet afterwards. Are we feasting spiritually, friends? Or are we on a diet? God doesn't want us on a diet when it comes to the things of the Spirit, friends. No. Let's feast. Let's fill up. And then it says, fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ. Again, an assumed fact as far as the Holy Spirit's concerned. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Hallelujah. Friends, we have a choice of what we want to think about. We have a choice of what we're going to fill our thoughts with. We can at any point attach ourselves to this world and to the curse that we've already been delivered from. I mean, that's the whole business of your soul. Are you aware of that? Your spirit is brand new. It's alive. It's um, righteous. We actually have, with that transfer from Jesus became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. And now it's transferred to us. When that happens, our spirits are alive in Christ, powerful, full of faith, full of strength, full of wisdom. Do you realize that? Jesus Christ, the treasure of all wisdom and knowledge, is living in you. You students at school should be thrilled. You should just be clapping your hands right now. Ooh, I have access to all wisdom and all knowledge. Hallelujah. We have access to divine health, divine strength, victory. You can't even imagine. Hallelujah. So I want to repeat. Well, I started something and then I never finished it. I guess I got it going to be talking about later or something. But, well, maybe we will just put it on hold and talk about it a little bit later. What we are most conscious of, again, I repeat, will become our reality. And what our reality is where we're going to attach our faith. If our greatest reality is the chaos of this world, all the trouble, all the racial prejudice, all these things that are unfair and mean and nasty, and guess what? You're not going to have that peace that passes understanding. You're not going to have that joy undergirding you and strengthening you. Your heart's just plain going to be troubled. And guess what Jesus had to say about that? Don't. Don't let your heart be troubled. So simple, isn't it? 
People keep telling me, but I must know what's going on. Well, they're right, the knowing part, but their source is probably wrong. If you want to know what's truly going on, what the kingdom realities are, which direction to go, what decision to make, you need to know Christ. What did Paul say? Did I give you that scripture? Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. One thing I want to know, says Paul, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Glory to God. If we don't spend any time learning about this wonderful God we serve, our mind will constantly and automatically default to the stupid things other people have to say about God. That he's judgmental. That he's mean. That he's out to get you. That he makes people sick and that he makes people poor. Or that he doesn't care or that he's a hands-off kind of God. Those things are not true. We have to be in the word of God so we know him and are conscious of our union with Christ. I asked you a couple minutes ago if you it's even occurred to you in the last two weeks that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. I want to ask you this other question. When is the last time you thought to yourself, I am one with, I am in union with, I am inseparably connected to Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Again, I urge you, that should be one of the new predominant thoughts that cross our mind, fill our spirits constantly, that we are one with Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He really was, does want us to appropriate all that he freely gave us in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> then, of course, there's all the wrong things we can believe about ourselves, those thousand voices that are telling us who we are, and they don't know who we are. Only the word of God goes that far to tell us that we are men and women of Christ. So back to this truth of the righteousness of God that's ours in Christ and some of these giant privileges that are ours, all because of the amazing transfer of the perfection of Christ to our spirit. When God looks at us, friends, he does not see your past. He does not see your failures. He does not see your weaknesses. He sees the righteousness of Jesus because of that union I just talked about. He sees the flawlessness of Christ when he looks at you. So, of course, he smiles. <laughs> I was telling my husband, I, um, I had this appointment this week where, I don't know, I shouldn't tell everybody publicly, but I had my eyebrows done. And so um, I had lunch with my two sisters afterwards. You know, and you kind of expect your sisters would say Oh, you're so pretty, Debbie. You look so good. But not a word. Like, not a word. Like, they got up really close, stared at me. And then still not a word. Like, okay. But you know, God's not like that. He's not inspecting every little detail, trying to, okay, your failure right here. You're not doing this quite right. That is not our God, friends. He's smiling when he's looking at us. He's saying you're beautiful, you're good, you're righteous, you're victorious. You can do this assignment that I've placed in front of you. You have everything it takes to succeed. Glory to God. Glory to God. So part of it, well, my husband was telling me that a couple weeks ago in his Sunday school class, they, you know, we had small groups, and they were discussing this body, soul, spirit business, a little complicated, and he said they were all like, 
It's difficult to talk about, right? So our spirit man, like I said, is not this tiny little thing that you see in some of the pictures. You know, some of the pictures show big body, big soul, tiny spirit. Well, maybe when you're born again, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I can tell you my spirit is bigger than my body. I don't know about you. But our spirit can be the dominating force, and it should be the dominating force. Our body tends to like to be in control. Maybe you've noticed. One more brownie. How about one more piece of pie? You don't need to exercise. Sleep in today. You don't need to go to church. I mean, our body wants to be in control. But our spirit, man, if we let him, will constantly nudge us and lead us and direct us. The thing about the soul, your mind, will, and your emotions, that's the part that does the attaching. Like we've been talking about, set your mind on the realities of heaven. We have a choice which place we're going to attach to. Am I going to attach to the kingdom of God where my spirit is alive? Or am I going to attach myself back to the world, back to the curse? Am I going to keep listening to all those voices that say, it's getting darker. It's getting worse. I don't know if you're going to make it. No. We can, with our mind, attach ourselves to the kingdom. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 4.18, the Passion Bible, explains to us again, we don't want to focus our attention on what is seen. But it's so tempting, right? It's so tempting. I want to focus my attention on what's seen, like the news all day long, right? No, we want to focus our attention on what is unseen. What is seen is temporary. What's unseen is eternal. Again, we're training our spiritual eyes, fixing our eyes, says the NIV. Obviously, he's talking about our spiritual eyes to see the eternal. We want to train our spiritual ears. Friends, we want to train our ears to hear the Father's voice. The only way we're going to know his voice is if we've heard it once or twice or three or four times. So that when he's speaking to us right in the middle of a really chaotic, confusing time, ah, that's my father talking. The same way with the nudges of the Holy Spirit. If we don't start obeying them, how are we going to know, oh, that was God? Hallelujah. We want to train our spirit man to experience the peace, friends. So here's just a tiny little example. When you're alone with God and you're reading the word or something happens, hopefully in one of these worship services here, and you get this peace just cascading over you, like, just take a moment right then and take a picture. Like, click. Ah, that's what it feels like. That's what the peace of God feels like. Because then when you again, you get in the chaos, you get in the confusion, you get in a big conflict, and you need to get that peace. Okay, I remember what peace is like. Just picture yourself again in union with the Lord Jesus Christ and let that peace again sweep over your soul. Hallelujah. We can train our spirit man to experience deep heart satisfaction all day long. You felt it sometimes in the services, right? 
You felt it sometimes when you're reading the word, hopefully every time. But I know there's key times we want to train ourselves. Oh, yes, I have that deep heart satisfaction right now. When the voices are yelling, you're not enough. The voices are yelling, you didn't do that right. No, you say, I know who I am in Christ. And I'm the victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, the prayers of Paul are constantly filled with this business of asking the Holy Spirit. Well, let's, here's the prayer. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. I mean, that's one of the desires of heaven for you this year, this week. That you may know what is the hope of your calling. What the riches of the glory of his inheritance is for you. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to you and me who believe. What we believe is a big deal, friends. He never meant for us to be in the dark or clueless of how to overcome. He meant for us to get free in Jesus, severed from the curse, redeemed by the blood. He never meant for us then to go back to the bondage of the world. Yes, we work out our own salvation. By that, all I mean is we appropriate what's already ours in Christ. We get filled with joy and peace. How? You got Romans 15, 13 memorized, guys? That's a good one. Now. And I love that word now. That's a good word for 2023. Now, the God of hope fills you with all joy and peace. In believing. Key part, friends. If we don't believe it, it can't be our experience. We must believe it. Because this is what God wants for you to abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So we are spirit beings, friends. All those obstacles, all those challenges, all the difficulties. Do you go to sleep at night sometimes thinking about those looming problems and that big issue? Okay, here's a new thought for you. That's the mirage. That's the fake. The real is that Jesus Christ is at work in you, accomplishing his good purposes. And he's going to take you forward and onward. It might be through the raging storm. It might be through, um, how does Isaiah put that? You shall pass through the fire even. But you're not going to be burned. That's the way we need to live, because we are the victorious. Hallelujah. It is a fixed fight, friend, and we win. And we win. And again, that's where our soul comes in. It's our mind, will, and emotions that do this attaching. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, 34, probably the prophetic word of the day. King James puts it like this, awake to righteousness. And we just have to be alert to it, always aware it should be. You know how the Bible says our hearts are supposed to be established in righteousness. That means just know in the inside part of you, the depths of who you are, who you really are, the righteousness of God in Christ. Let's become aware of the right standing we have with God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Let's be conscious of our death to the old man because he keeps trying to pop up, you know. (laughs) Who was it, Stephen Furtick, that said that's probably the best proof of the resurrection? The old man keeps trying to pop up. Let's let him stay in the grave. The new man is who is alive 
in Christ. Glory to God. And in your 3D glasses a while ago, when you saw yourself on the cross, dead, when you saw yourself in the grave, and then you saw yourself resurrected in Jesus, okay, did you go that little further place where you're ascended in Christ? Because the Bible says, what's this verse here? Ephesians 1.21. Now, you know we are in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. I keep repeating that phrase 170 times Paul talks about it. 170 times. If we're in Christ, we are where Christ is. Seated in heavenly places in Christ. And where is Christ? Far, far Far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name that is named. And not only in this world, but in that which is to come. Glory to God. Romans 6.14 tells us that sin shall no longer have dominion over us. It's no longer our master. I think I gave it to you from the NIV. Romans 6.14. You are... There it is. Sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. Friends, what that means is no longer about your performance or your behavior. It's about his before performance and his behavior. Glory to God. That's verse 14. Can we back up one verse to verse 13? Do not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as if, and not even as if, as, because this is who you are, those who are alive from the dead. Your members now as instruments of righteousness unto God. So we have a choice constantly. Am I going to yield my members to fear? Am I going to yield my members to argument, to distress, to victimhood, to discouragement? Am I going to yield to bitterness or anger or jealousy? And I want to urge you, let's not yield to judgment or criticism or selfishness or laziness or pride. Instead, let's yield ourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead. Say that with me. I'm alive from the dead. (laughs) That's pretty good news, isn't it? Hallelujah. Pete's been making fun of me all day today about my declarations, but I'm still going to give you a few. All right. Here's one right now. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I've died to sin. And every effect of sin. And to the curse. I am alive in Christ. I live in union with Christ. I now live as one alive from the dead. An instrument of righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I supposed to be done at 730? Okay, well, I might have to skip a page or two here. So friends, Colossians 1.14 says we have the complete release of redemption. 
The debt has been paid. Every charge against us canceled. So we got started a little bit last time on these privileges of righteousness, but um, I'm just going to take at least five minutes just to review. I guess I'm going to have to wait and go on to the new things next time. So remember the first thing was that our prayers are heard. Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ, the heart of the Father is extremely attentive to anyone righteous in him. And every one of your prayers are heard, period. James 5.16 says, it's the prayer of the... Hmm, We better look that one up. Did I give that to you? James 5.16. The effectual fervent prayer of a... Righteous man avails much. That means a whole lot of power is released when you pray. Number two, privilege of the righteous. Say that again to me. I'm righteous. So favor surrounds you. Do you know that? Do you know it goes before you? It trails after you? It's all around you? Psalm 512. Thou, O Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor will you compass. That means surround. With favor like a shield. Praise be to God. Just like Jesus increased in wisdom, he increased in stature. And the Bible says he increased in favor with God and man. Who lives inside of you? Who are you in union with? One with Jesus. The one who has all favor. The third privilege we looked at was weapons formed against us cannot prevail. Glory to God. All because we're the righteous. Number four, union with Christ makes us conquerors and more than conquerors. And how does that work? How can we be more than a conqueror? It's because Jesus did all the work. He did the conquering. And just because we said yes to Christ, we become a conqueror. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 2.14. Hallelujah. It says, now. Again, that's a good word for us. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Put your name in there, friend. It's a declaration from heaven. Hallelujah. You will always triumph in Christ. So let's close with this one then. Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. Another giant privilege of being the righteousness of God in Christ is this matter of life. And we'll continue this um, next time. But um, notice the way the Passion puts it. Number, verse 1. So now the case is closed. Of course, you remember how Romans 7 ended? You know, where he's talking about I want to do good, but all I end up doing is doing evil, and I don't know. And then he says, here it is. The case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. And I do have a lot to say on this subject, but I just want you to see it. I just want you to get a foretaste. I'd love you to meditate on it for days, weeks. We are no longer under the law of death, friends. 
We are no under the no longer under the law of sin. You don't have to yield to sin. Because remember that part of you died. You are resurrected in Christ now and alive to him. And the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus. John 15 says he's the vine, we are the Okay, anything that's flowing to Jesus, in Jesus, through Jesus, is flowing to us because we're the branch. We are attached to him. Glory to God, glory to God. Oh, and I wanted to give you this big... You got three more minutes? Okay. Do you remember the phrase from Star Wars where it says, the force be with you? All right. I got to read to you what Google says. It refers... To an omnipresent energy that can influence events and that can be harnessed for gifted individuals. Oh my goodness, this sounds a little spiritual, don't you think? It refers to an omnipresent energy that can influence events and can be harnessed for gifted individuals. I'm telling you, friends, the righteous are those gifted individuals. Not because of anything we've done, but because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care what you've ever done. I don't care what battle you're presently fighting. If you are in Christ, if you have received the gift of righteousness, and it is a gift, friend, then the true force is with you. I'm talking about the force of righteousness, the force that releases every blessing under heaven. Hallelujah. The force that causes you to be triumphant in Christ every time, the force of peace ruling in your heart, the force of joy undergirding you, the force of life that we just talked about here in Romans chapter 8. And maybe you know already what verse 11 says. It says, He that raised Christ from the dead ends up quickening our mortal body. Friends, I mean, we're talking about radical stuff here. Life ruling in us. Glory to God. So say that with me. The force is with me. Glory to God. Well, I need to be done. So, Father, I thank you for your people who believe God. Thank you for the God of hope filling every single one of us in this house with joy and peace in believing. In believing. In believing. Thank you, Lord, that we are setting our minds Even tonight and for the rest of the week, the rest of our life, we're setting our minds on kingdom realities. Uh, We're setting our sights on things that are true and eternal and forever ours. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit dwells in us and is opening our eyes. And even as we spend time in your word this week, you are unveiling and disclosing your very thoughts and causing the supernatural to be manifested in our life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The force be with you. Woo. Have a great week, guys. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. 
If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.